1: Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. I hope a lot of people are going to pay a big price because they're dishonest,
2: crooked people. They're scum. It's high time that we've seen the government finally
3: take some action against this man.
2: It's
4: wrong. They shouldn't be doing this to him. Demands and expectations on the FBI have never been higher. Bloomberg Sound On.
5: Politics, policy, and perspective
3: from D.C.'s top name
5: this bill funds the entire
2: semiconductor supply chain i was a no last week i was a no last night and i'll be the first no later today
1: bloomberg sound on with joe matthew on
0: bloomberg radio
1: the fbi throws down at mar-a-lago and we still at this hour do not know what they were looking for welcome to the fastest hour in politics a day after the warrant was served and the political fallout has been swift we'll bring you reaction from the white house and discuss the investigation with Donald Trump's former acting chief of staff and former congressman, Mike Nick Mulvaney. We'll tap the expertise of Kim Whaley, former assistant US attorney law professor at the University of Baltimore in our panel today, Bloomberg politics contributor, Republican strategist, Rick Davis, along with Democratic strategist Kevin Walling of HG Creative Media. We'll get to Mick in a second. It's been about 24 hours uh, now since the FBI left the grounds of Mar-a-Lago. No official word from the agency, the FBI or the Department of Justice, for that matter, or from Donald Trump, who should, of course, have a copy of that search warrant by now, right? Doesn't he know what they were looking for? The official reaction from the White House today did not arrive until about well an hour and a half ago. You can probably imagine how this goes. Press Secretary Karine Jean Pierre today with reporters in the briefing room. Let's listen.
0: Again, I'm, I'm
6: just not going to comment on um, any reaction to uh, to what happened yesterday. We are going to refer any incoming to the Department of Justice. There it
1: is. But that's not really about the OJ. It's more about what might be coming your way if if the
4: election does not go your way. Uh,
6: that's a hypothetical, and I'm just not going to entertain not it at this time.
1: Gonna do it. Both Republican senators from Florida. Well, if not every Republican senator in the chamber denounced the move as we turn to our top guest. And I've been looking forward to this conversation. Former White House acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, former congressman. Mick, it's great to have you here. I appreciate your time today. What a 24 hours this has been. We're all hungry for information and there's so much we don't know. You say on Twitter that if this is only about document retention, it should cost Merrick Garland his job. Do you believe the Department of Justice would have been able to get a search warrant for a former United States president if that's all this is? Hey, I, Joe, hey, thanks for having me.
2: I, I yeah, Ordinarily, in, a, in the ordinary, in, in a real world, the answer would be no, there's no way you could get that. But keep in mind, and this is part of the background and part of the backlash this is the same Department of Justice that lied to a FISA court about getting um, about having investigations done on Trump during the Russia investigation. It's the same Department of Justice that lied about Hunter Biden's laptop to the public and to the media during the election. So, so you think the yeah, they would have, they would have
1: rigged the warrant, basically.
2: Well, I mean, yeah. And and who knows at this point? That's why I think it's so important the Department of Justice say something and and talk about this. I I recognize the fact we all do that. That's not ordinary course of business, that they don't talk about ongoing investigations. That's Mm -hmm. great. I understand. It makes complete sense. This is no longer ordinary course of business because of the target or the proximity to the elections or both all of the above mostly the target we have never <laughs> ransacked the, the home of a, of a former president before under a, a criminal yeah. search warrant that that just doesn't happen so i think all the rules sort of have to go out the window the department of justice and they have to say look we weren't looking for ordinary random documents that might technically violate the statute yep. we were looking for stuff that ties trump to criminal activity on january 6th something like that might calm things down a little bit so if you've they can say to-
1: You've offered two possibilities uh, here, Mick, and and, well, I guess they kind of balance each other out. One, you write the most egregious political hit job our government has ever undertaken against a politician in U.S. history or. And I feel like that's where you're leaning at the moment or two, evidence of the most significant criminal investigation of a politician in U.S. history. You say the DOJ needs to show us which it is. There's huge pressure on Merrick Garland now to hold a news conference. Can he do that, though? I mean, to your point, speak publicly about a criminal investigation. I think your instinct is right, by the
2: way, to say that I'm leaning towards the first of those that okay. it's a political hit job just because of the history. Right. If you don't have the history, then the, the, the tie goes to the Department of Justice. They get the benefit of the doubt, but they have a track record, proven track record for lying about Donald Trump. Um, so I think the, the burden is on them to show that this is mm-hmm. legitimate. I think it would help if Merrick Garland would come out and say, look, we were not interested in looking for small stuff. We were looking for dust and such. Here's yep. what we found. That doesn't what jeopardize
1: what they're doing. I mean, that would be the line, of course, from the DOJ.
2: You know, you think I, I that's going to be the argument at, at, yeah. at the risk of what ripping the country apart. I mean, that's that's really where you are right now. You've got. People, you know, parading in front of Mar-a-Lago, uh, right. waving flags, saying that the government's coming to get them. And they might be right.
1: So, um, Do you believe the White House, that President Biden and the administration did not know about this, that they heard about it on the news like everybody else? Uh, when you say the administration,
2: uh, I don't believe that. I mean, Merrick Garland had to sign off on this, and he's in the administration. Oh, fair. Outside of know. the DOJ,
1: though, at 1600 yeah. Pennsylvania Avenue.
2: I, I don't think there's any way in the world they would have known, because I think that even the political people would have said, whoa, 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 whoa. Why don't we wait to do this after the midterms, guys? Because if we get this wrong, it's going to cost yeah. us 15 seats in the House. Uh-huh. Um, so I think politically, the Biden administration, the, the Biden White House is probably beating their head up against the wall going, wow. we just had great news on a yeah. bill. We've had a success
1: for the first time. Trump's going raising it. money on the FBI again.
2: Exactly. And the Republicans have a chance now. Um, we just hired the federal government. What, what? If I'm a Republican candidate, what am I saying? Mm. They just spent a bunch of money, borrowed a bunch of money to make inflation worse, to hire 80,000 IRS agents to come after you. And they stuck, you know, they sent a political hit squad to go get Donald Trump. Huh. That, that's pretty compelling last minute uh, campaign uh, Complete tactics. Complete with images it, of fight.
1: guys in riot gear at the gates. The thing is, if if you believe President Biden didn't know, this is all arrows pointing toward, to, your, to the point of your tweet, toward Merrick Garland. You think he's operating on his own here?
2: I hope so. I mean, that's, that's the way you want the Department of Justice to work. You don't want politics in law enforcement. Nancy yeah. Pelosi is right. No one should be above the law, but nobody should be beneath it either. And we shouldn't be targeting people because of their political associations. And right now, because of the track record and because of the way this was carried out, um It gives a, a very strong inference that there's politics behind this that puts the burden on the DOJ. Keep in mind, why do I say that the way this was carried out? Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand how anybody made the case they had to go get a search warrant, right? So they had to say this probable cause that, a, yes. that a, the crime was committed, probable cause the at Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. and probable cause that it was going to go away real quickly. Trump isn't even there; he's in New York and New Jersey. So what did they find out in the last? 24 hours that
1: makes this so incredibly pressing where they couldn't just send yeah. a subpoena for these documents these are great questions very, very this strange. is what we don't have the answer to you know look we've been all hearing and reading a lot of stuff mick mulvaney as the president's chief of staff were you ever worried about document retention was this a conversation you had or somehow violating the presidential records act yeah well keep on the pres this is not the pres- uh,
2: presidential records act is not what the D- doj is going on the D- presidential records act is not a criminal statute there's a broader criminal statute on destroying documents of the United States and that's mm-hmm. what they're going after him on the Presidential Records Act is in uh, US uh, code section 40 yeah. title 40 not in title 18 and is not a criminal proceeding but the answer so, to your question is yeah we yeah. always worried about about documents
1: how many times did you see the president destroy or, or dispose of documents?
2: Uh, never saw him thrush anything. Out of the what I saw was <laughs> the ordinary course of business that I used to do when I was a lawyer. If we had a document and we made a change to it, he might rip it in half and throw the one we weren't using on the floor. And we okay. would have somebody come in and tape it back together and make a copy of it. That's that's that's, wow. that's every White House does that. Um, but what what you read about in the, in, the, in the Washington Post, excuse me, The New York Times, mm-hmm. was the intentional alleged intentional destruction of key documents. And I never saw that
1: earlier today. Uh, former President Trump posted a, a very carefully produced video. You've probably seen it by now. It's more of a movie trailer. It's a good three, four minutes long. It's called A Nation in Decline, and it's got a lot of people thinking he's sort of somehow quietly announcing a run for reelection. And we go through this every three days. But let's listen to part of it. Listen to the language.
2: We're a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've never seen anything like this. We're a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is about all you get. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than
1: Unclear. in 2020. Exactly where this was recorded. Sarah Palin scene in the front row. Um, The thunder was added for what it's worth and the music. But Mick, the president used the words we often hear from Republicans and have certainly in the last 24 hours. Law enforcement has been weaponized. Marjorie Taylor Greene and other Trump supporters are tweeting defund the FBI. Is it because of the cases you mentioned or, or do many conservatives distrust of the FBI go back to Watergate? Um, let's make one thing perfectly clear. I
2: think I refuse to accept the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene speaks for anybody other than the extreme white ring nut job of the party. So understood um, I, the hashtags getting some love though. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of crazies out there and that's, that's, that's her, her base. Right? She's not a serious person, but anyway, um, I don't think it goes back necessarily to, uh, to Watergate. I mean, let's be honest. I'm, I'm probably one of the oldest people you'll talk to today. And I was barely alive during Watergate. So if there's a, this
1: is about your experience that, in the Trump administration.
2: Exactly. If it's a hatred for Watergate, it's 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 historical and not 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 personal. Now, I think it I think it it, it goes back to a natural distrust, perhaps, of government, a belief, yep. and it's it's an it is not unfounded that government service attracts Democrats. I can tell you, we do another hour long and another day about how the Democrats have taken over all the agencies I worked for, the CFPB. Um, you know, you work for the State Department, so th- that stuff is real. So, no, I don't think it goes back to Watergate. Certainly the the soil is fertile for Republicans to think the government is out to get them because Democrats run it even under Republican administrations. And what happened last night in Mar-a-Lago just feeds that, which brings us full circle back to the original comment. The Mm. Department of Justice, it's incumbent upon them, I think in the name of integrity of their institution, to come out and tell us more than
1: they have. You testified before the January 6th committee, I understand. Uh, Does this search uh, of Mar-a-Lago kind of balance with what you were hearing in the January 6 hearings? Is there any crossover potentially in your mind that, hey, the DOJ uh, found something on on these dual track investigations that are feeding each other?
2: Yeah, I mean, the the crossover would be if they were both looking at the same information, certainly not my information. My information was more about the election and so forth had nothing to do with document retention or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But but it's important to know that January 6 is a political process that has political outcomes um liz cheney cannot throw donald trump in jail regardless of how badly and desperately she wants to Mm -hmm. the department of justice is real it's supposed to be real at least i hope that it is real um and it's very very different could they be sharing information or have cross fertilization of information
1: absolutely sounds like you were asked what you thought of uh as reasonable questions or is there going to be a mick mulvaney bombshell a couple weeks down the road the next time there's a hearing
2: no, no, they, they were all, they might put a video in there about a text I sent the week after the election when um, I was complaining that I was hearing from the RNC, Ronald McDaniel, Jared Kushner, uh, Bill Stepien, uh, Justin Clark, that we had lost the election yeah. in the days after the election, yet they wanted us to go out on television and tell people we had still won. I didn't pick that very well. Uh, in fact, I stopped going on television uh, after that meeting. So that, that may see some light. Um, during the uh, during the uh, the hearings, but mostly they were, you know, background questions about some texts I sent on
1: January 6th. And then also, the you know, how how, how do you how people get meetings with the president? That type I of appreciate you answering that. Uh, Kevin McCarthy says there's going to be a select committee once he holds the gavel, assuming that happens after November to create a select committee to investigate Merrick Garland. He tweets, you know, clear your schedule. Is that the right move? Um, yeah. I mean, the, the oversight
2: is the proper function of Congress. It's actually one of their constitutional duties. They, they do it for the purpose of um, being a, part of their duty to be a check on the executive branch. and also part of their duty to make law. Keep in mind, ostensibly, the purpose, the justification for the January 6th committee is to see if we need to change the electoral process laws. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think, listen, if the, if the part of me hopes they find a dead body. OK, and <laughs> here's why I say that. Because in that mind, at least that means that they were serious. Right. And uh, talk about the FBI now. Uh And then I can have some faith in the institution. If they find a document that Donald Trump scribbled something on that should have been left in Washington and wasn't, and they try and ban him from office and charge Mm -hmm. him with a felony because of that, all of my faith in the system
1: will be gone. And then we have real problems as a nation. Former White House acting chief of staff Mick Mulvaney Uh, Read his thoughts on Twitter as well. If you didn't hear this entire conversation or subscribe to the podcast, I've been looking forward to this, making thank you for your insights today. Remembering that he resigned from the administration on the, the night of January 6th. He was not the acting chief of staff at that point Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
0: The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar, and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.
1: I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. Welcome to Sound On. Boy, when we woke up this morning, when I heard Tom Keene's tone of voice on Bloomberg surveillance, I knew we were in for a day, and it has been one. Deeply curious to hear what Rick Davis has to think about this Bloomberg politics contributor, of course, Republican strategist. Uh, Rick, what do you think about what you heard from Mick Mulvaney? Are, are you of the same mind that Merrick Garland needs to step forward?
3: Yeah, I, I, I heard very little I would uh, question about uh, Mick's comments. I think he's spot on. I think there is uh, definitely a uniqueness to this. This is an unusual event in American history. Um, and uh, I, I feel like every week we're saying that about Donald Trump. He does create unusual events. and yep. and, and, and I think one thing to be reminded... This is happening because of Donald Trump, not because of the FBI. This has been an ongoing challenge for uh, not just the archives, but the FBI and the Justice Department for over a year. They've been trying to get their hands on these records. And if not for Donald Trump's recalcitrants to do that, this would never have happened. So number one, I think it needs to be reminded everybody that ev- that the, the federal government has been working with the 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 people around Donald Trump and Donald Trump himself personally to get access to these records, and it's only because they refused to give them that the FBI had to act in this way, yeah. and the Justice Department had to get a subpoena. So, that being said, I, I, you know this is a former president of the United States. We we don't weaponize politically our justice system, and I think part of what we learned in the January sixth hearings has been the admirable efforts by uh attorney general barr and his team to not weaponize dog Mm -hmm. when donald trump was trying to politically weaponize it so you know for for him to now call foul uh it 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 rings hollow but at the same time you you have to wonder what is the strategy the department of justice has because this certainly looks like a political hit job right in the surface and so unless they define it as something different this is what we're left to think I want to add Kevin Walling to the conversation as we formally assemble
1: our panel, Democratic Strategist, HG Creative Media. It's been a while, Kevin, and I'm glad you're with us today. Uh, and I'm sure you have some pretty uh, deliberate thoughts about this. Would you weigh in as well? You would heard Mick Mulvaney uh, talk about Merrick Garland, not President Biden, but in fact, Merrick Garland pursuing political ends. Does he need to hold a news conference and tell us what the heck is going on in Florida?
7: Joe, it's good to be with you and, and good also to be with Rick. You know, I, I agree completely with what Rick just said in terms of uh, his views on, on, on what Mick said. I, I don't know necessarily if it has to be uh, Merrick Garland, but it certainly has to be Christopher Ray. Uh, and I think uh, Director Ray actually adds some credence to this as one of the f- few Trump appointees still serving uh, in the federal government. Obviously, an FBI director's term outlasts a presidential term. So certainly this was a search carried out by the FBI. I think, to Rick's point, because we don't have uh, any kind of knowledge uh, uh, previously or now today in the wake of this, this vacuum is now consuming all of us, especially on the right wing, conservative media outlets crying foul, uh, ginning up all these Mm -hmm. uh, Trump supporters and things like that. And we certainly need to have some uh, insights and guidance provided by the FBI, Director Ray. Uh, and potentially also the attorney general
1: starting to wonder if this might actually happen Uh, Rick and Kevin are with us for the hour going to spend a lot more time uh, with them in our second half but we want to add a legal voice to this as well Kimberly Whaley former assistant U.S. attorney and professor of law at the University of Baltimore Uh, Kimberly I know it's been a very busy day for you I want to welcome you are we asking the right questions here this comes down to what they were looking for before we can answer anything else
4: Well, we don't know exactly what they're going, they're looking for in part probably because it involves classified information. So I doubt unless there is a criminal trial and something more actually admitted into evidence that if the Justice Department does its job, um, as it should to keep this information, uh, secret as is required under federal law, I don't think it will become public. Uh, and I understand people are wondering about this, but it's important to keep in mind that the Fourth Amendment and the federal judiciary are protecting the rights of Donald Trump and others that were um, were affected yesterday by this very important execution of a search warrant.
1: So assuming this goes to trial, then, uh, you know, we may not know for months or, or a year or more, uh, even as Donald Trump is deciding whether To run for president. The DOJ is not exactly running on overdrive here. This is a quiet and slow process. What's your thought on a timeline? Or do we never know?
4: We we are not. We won't necessarily ever know. And it's very difficult, given that it's a former president, right, to separate the politics from the law. I mean, as a legal voice in this, you know, we do know that um, information, 15 boxes at least, were brought outside the White House in, in a manner that violated the Presidential Records Act and the various mechanisms that are in place to ensure post-Watergate that those documents are stay with the people. They belong to the people. And to the extent to which there's classified or national security information, et cetera, that left the White House, that is a danger to the country. So mm-hmm. You know, that that's I really do think Merrick Garland is, is primarily in this moment uh, doing his job and not so much worrying about the politics. Where, where, but of course, of course, uh, it's impossible to to escape that that yeah. big issue. I mean, of course, it, yesterday was an anniversary of Nick, Nixon resigning. We're in another <laughs> real constitutional crisis right now. I can't, now. It's, it's I can't take
1: all the irony. Um The thing is, though, does that does that justify a do you does that slam dunk a search warrant like this for the the, the home of a former president of the United States, uh, the Presidential Records Act or whatever it is that we're talking destruction of documents? Is that, in fact, enough to have 100 FBI agents show up? I mean, they they're they're holding assault weapons in front of the gates. This is pretty heavy stuff.
4: Well, I mean, I I, I don't think anyone can say anything about a slam dunk without Having full information, uh, and I, I assume, I'm I'm quite sure that the judge that signed off on this did it kicking and screaming, given the implications. That is, that there was you know substantial probable cause to justify this, given the um, given the stakes that we're just yeah. talking about, as far yeah. as how the FBI does its job. You know what they were concerned about. Again, all speculation. I you know, so far, Merrick Garland has proceeded um, very privately, cautiously. He hasn't turned it into a political uh, process from the day he took office. So I trust the system. And, you know, frankly, Donald Trump is the person to blame for this, because he, in a lot of ways, didn't follow the rules. And we all follow the rules, right? We pay our taxes, we stop at red lights, um, we follow the law. And, you know, presidents should do the same thing. And, You know, I'm not getting out the violins for him in this moment as much as I understand uh, that people who support him politically are upset by it.
1: Well, based on what we heard from Mick Mulvaney, document retention was uh, kind of a constant concern in this administration. Kimberly, thank you for being here. Kimberly Whaley's former assistant U.S. attorney, professor of law at the University of Baltimore. I'd like to take one more swing with the panel here as we spend time with Rick Davis and Kevin Walling. Uh, Rick, I played a snippet of this uh, this incredible video that Donald Trump posted, of course, not on Twitter uh just hours after you know people were waking up and getting their heads around this some think it's uh tantamount to a a
3: campaign announcement
1: it, it almost looks like a movie trailer Rick how did it hit you what's he trying to say
3: well what First of all, what really hit me was that this was ready to go production quality the morning after this attack or this attack, the the, the raid on, uh, on Mar-a-Lago. And, and I even I question even calling it a raid. But like as you described with the stormtroopers standing in front of Mar-a-Lago, it's kind of like that was the message they were sending is we are raiding Mar-a-Lago. We need all this heavy equipment, guns and, and things <laughs> like that. I mean, it's just like normally you need flip flops to get into Mar-a-Lago. You don't really need a weapon. <laughs> It's a desperate view of the country, though, I mean,
1: we've talked about some of his recent speeches. This was despair. You see a guy getting stabbed. You see destruction in Ukraine. Uh, My goodness, they're 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 showing uh, oil spigots and clouds coming in. You can hear the thunder. Kevin, was that uh, a campaign announcement or what?
7: Well, it certainly looked like one. Listen, I can't obviously say on on Bloomberg radio what uh, President George W. Bush said in the wake of. Uh, of president trump's inaugural address but it's it's uh, struck a similar uh, kind of chord uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of uh, the death and destruction uh, previewed uh, in this spot and of course uh, former President Trump has been hinting at this race in 2024 20, uh, to provide uh, some kind of basis of pushing uh, back against uh, what the Department of Justice yeah. is doing, and this what might be the, the Fulton County point. Attorney is doing, and exactly right. And to Rick's point, uh, this was certainly not something that was produced within 12 hours. This was ready to go
1: should this happen. then on the shelf for a minute. Rick Davis, Kevin Walling, great conversation. They'll be back in just a couple of minutes as we turn to a an important DC court ruling
5: Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com.
1: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
0: The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at Forum.com. Broadcasting
1: live from our nation's capital, Bloomberg 991 to New York, Bloomberg 11.3.0 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960 to the country, SiriusXM, Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthews. What an incredible case of timing as a federal judge rules as well today that Donald Trump's tax returns must be turned over to the House Ways and Means Committee. So where's this going? You don't actually think he's going to hand over six years of tax returns. We talked to an expert next, Bloomberg Congress and tax reporter Laura Davison. And another excuse to talk about Donald Trump's tax returns, though, doesn't the story always end the same way? Trump tax returns must be given to House panel court rules the headline. And Laura Davison shares the byline the president's tax returns. Laura, welcome, must be turned over to the Ways and Means Committee. Is this going to the Supreme Court? We don't actually think this is going to happen, do we?
6: Don't know yet. So the court ruled this is upholding a lower court ruling that Mm -hmm. uh, the Ways and Means Committee could get Trump's tax returns. Trump does have the option to appeal this. And then the Supreme Court has the option if they want to hear the case, uh, you know, very likely that Trump will appeal this uh, case. And it's However, unclear if the Supreme Court will choose to hear this. Um, What other options? Does he have a
1: legal option from here?
6: Not really. Other than to appeal, that's kind of his his option. If the the Supreme Court... Hear that there will be some outcome there. If not, it would this ruling would stand. So it could mean that the Ways and Means eventually gets these tax returns. They said today they expected to get them immediately, but that's highly unlikely. Yeah. The real question Gosh. and the real deadline is January here. Uh, if the okay. House flips, if the House flips control and Republicans come in, it's highly unlikely they're going to continue to pursue this litigation. And as we know, courts move notoriously slowly. So that's mm. really uh, you know it's a Trump against the clock of the congressional calendar.
1: Interesting. Richard Neal, the chair of Ways Ways and Means, uh, we should know, has been asking for this for a long time. As you point out, since uh, 2019, six years worth of Trump's returns. On what grounds does the committee, you know, this is not January 6th. This is not an election-related committee. Why Why does Ways and Means get them?
6: Well, Ways and Means deals with all tax issues. And there's actually a yep. specific section of the tax code that says that all of the tax committees in Congress, there's three of them, the chairman of any of those can request the tax returns of anyone, uh, including mean, For any the reason. President. Well, the reason they need to have some sort of legislative purpose, if they're looking at conducting oversight, compliance, if they're looking to pull some data from a whole swath of tax returns to maybe if they want to create some sort of new tax law, they can do that. Um, So they have said that they need legislative purpose to make sure that the president is being audited properly. That's their um, justification. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the courts say.
1: Bloomberg Congress and tax reporter Laura Davison with the insights. You're the first voice I heard on the radio this morning. On, a, on an early and dark morning listening to Bloomberg Radio, uh, Laura, great job. And thank you for being with us. Let's reassemble the panel here and get the take of Republican strategist Rick Davis, Bloomberg Politics contributor, joined today by Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist at HG Creative Media. Rick, you're rolling your eyes on this one. We've been talking
3: about Donald Trump's tax returns for longer than the returns they are seeking. I would like to simulate a yawn at this point. Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, look, I mean, this, this has been the battle that's going on forever. And, and, and I just believe what Donald Trump says, which is, you know, that you're a chump if you pay your taxes. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm assuming that what we'll find out, if we ever find out, is that he didn't pay his taxes. And, and, and yet, you know, uh, it's just another piece of wood on the wood pile that you're throwing on the fire right now. And, and honestly, I mean... I don't think it'll affect anything. I think people have already marked him to market and that is that yeah. you know he's not a taxpayer. He finds ways in the code to do it, uh, you know probably with a wink and a nod and and that's what we'll find out and I don't think anybody would be surprised but I but I do think you know the deadline is close. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Republicans get into leadership in the House and there will no longer be an effort to get yeah. his tax returns.
1: Bye-bye tax returns. Are you buying this, Kevin Walling? You don't think you're ever going to see those documents, do you?
7: I mean we'll certainly see i mean the most surprising thing for me coming out of this and, and reading more about this is that we still have a Re- reagan judge on the appellate court uh, ruling who who wrote wrote the decision along with the <laughs> bush 41 judge and an obama judge so obviously it was a universal decision uh you mentioned joe you know uh, chairman richie neal has been uh, after these uh, for quite a while i was just yeah. with him uh, the other week we were celebrating uh, great irish americans in, in congress so i think this <laughs> is a democratic action more not just for Trump, but for the ages in terms of the power of uh, of the the uh, of the Congress. Uh, this speaks to, uh, uh, you know, kind of setting in stone uh, the rights of the legislative branch, the first article against the second yeah. article or against any kind of uh, individual who, who wants to withhold their their uh, tax returns. So
1: did you think that the gentleman from Springfield will ever get a look at, at these? Kevin, you know that Donald Trump supporters have made really clear over years they don't care. And,
7: and and Rick makes a great point. I mean, that's one of the key things we know about Donald Trump is that he pays at, as little in tax as possible. We saw some of that from previous returns uh, that were released uh, back from the 90s. So I don't think it moves the ball down the field whatsoever. We know that he's, uh, if not a tax cheated tax avoider. Uh, so I don't think it has any uh, real effect uh, heading into
1: this midterm year and certainly if he runs in 2024. I know you're not a lawyer, uh, Rick, but what's your gut on the Supreme Court? Do they take this or no?
3: I would be surprised if they they weigh in on this. I think yeah. they know the clock as well as anybody, and uh, I think they see this for what it is. And, and And I think the point you're making is is an important one, and that is that, that, that this is a separation of power. This is a a regulatory uh, power that Congress has. But like, don't you want to use it for something that actually seems more legitimate than mm. what I see as a political attack against Donald Trump? Sure, I th- I think he should have presented his tax returns when he was a candidate, so yes, that the public right. could decide. But at this point, is there really, I mean, like we're audited, you know, we want to know if the president is being audited properly. Come on. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, <laughs> that's just that fulfilling bar is the narrative narrow. that we talked about with law enforcement, with federal law enforcement,
1: Rick. The only thing people that, that many conservatives hate more than the FBI is the IRS, right?
3: Well, I think, you know, it's the, it's the image of the IRS, you know, which is, with um, new funding. you know, that they, they just assume you, you're violating the law until you prove otherwise. And that's oh. not what we learned when we were in school about, you know, innocent until proven guilty. And and so I, I do think this is a fundamental problem, which is, you know, we, we have these separation of powers for a reason and, and, and yet the, the the key is that they're used responsibly. And I just really question whether or not either the executive branch or the judiciary or in, in the case of the 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 raid on Mar a Lago, the, the the executive branch working with the judiciary, are they really functioning in the way they're supposed to or are they being weaponized
1: some serious questions being posed this hour bloomberg politics contributor rick davis will be back with kevin walling of hg creative media as we point toward the midterms already raising money in the near term until we hear from merrick garland if we hear from merrick garland is this a win for trump nobody's talking about the chip act today we'll have more ahead i'm joe matthew this is bloomberg This is Bloomberg Sound On on Bloomberg Radio. Think right place, wrong time—the case for President Biden today. Imagine the CHIP Act finally passes after all the wrangling. It hit his desk last week, and the White House waited for just the right time to throw a celebration in the sun on the South Lawn. Then the FBI happened in Mar-a-Lago. Listen to President Biden today with the victory
5: lap. Intel. The CEO is here today, Pat Gelsinger, is here today. He's going to break ground in a next generation semiconductor factories in central Ohio early this fall. American company Micron is announcing today that because of this law, it's going to invest $40 billion over 10 years to build factories and special chips called memory chips mm. that store information on your smartphone. Commerce
1: Secretary, <laughs> oh, a lot of coughing in that address today, too. Thank you, COVID. I'm assuming COVID. Gina Romano, the Commerce Secretary, has told us repeatedly how important this is. Not just your washing machine and your... whatever else you need. Your radio, how about that? But national security, missiles, airplanes, we can't build them for ourselves, Ukraine, or anyone without a steady supply of semiconductors. So this was seen as a pretty big win and a bipartisan win. This is just the kind of day that... Joe Biden looks forward to, even though it was 150 degrees with no cover on the South lawn. Did anyone get carried out of there? I would have been. There's no way I would have survived that. Uh, Aviators. This was supposed to be it, but it's not a major headline today because of everything we're talking about with Donald Trump. Bloomberg Politics contributor Rick Davis back with us. Republican strategist joined today by Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist, HG Creative Media, as we reassemble our panel here. Rick, Joe Biden
3: can't win. This was supposed to be a layup, right? Yeah, talk about a victory lap without uh, anybody atten- attention to it. You know, it's uh-huh. the classic: does a tree fall in a forest if nobody <laughs> right. hears it? You know, the and, stakeholders and, were there; they know. That's about it, though. Yeah, and it's like the ghost of Donald Trump just continues to haunt this guy. Uh, but look, it, it doesn't take the shine off his victory lap. I mean, the reality is this is something that they'll dine out on politically for quite some time between now <laughs> and November. They've had a great week. They've, they, they're they building on a great month. Who would have ever thought you could rebuild a presidency in August? That is a first. So uh, I think <laughs> yeah. it's a daunting task. If you'd asked me you know, in July whether he could pull this off, I'd have mm-hmm. said absolutely not, and I was wrong. I mean, he's he's done an amazing job in in, in this month of trying trying to rebuild his presidency.
1: But no one's going to hear about it, Kevin, or reward Democrats for it as long as we're distracted by everything else. January 6th, now it's Mar-a-Lago, the war in Ukraine. I could keep going.
7: I mean, you're absolutely right, Joe. I mean, and to Rick's point, not only did this happen in August, but with the president having pretty much two bouts of COVID uh, back to back back, um, and kind of being sidelined, obviously working from from the residents. But it's been a great two weeks for this administration, and if there was any indication that the the White House was not given forewarned knowledge of this uh, action at Mar-a-Lago, this is it. I mean, this totally captured uh, the uh, the press cycle that they wanted with the rollout of the Chips Bill. With uh, you know, not just that today, but Sweden and Finland, uh, the uh, accession uh, for those two countries into NATO that happened right, right after the Chips uh, ceremony, which is a big win. On mm-hmm. the international stage for this president, totally and again, overshadowed, it's tree uh, by tree happened in, in Palm Beach. So, exactly yeah, what right. do
1: you what do you tell the communications office? I played Corinne Jean-Pierre earlier. They're not talking about this. Do they do they need to cool it for a while here? Maybe maybe schedule assuming it passes the reconciliation signing in like, you know, after Labor Day. I,
7: I think so. I mean, I think we've got it. We got to do it when folks are paying attention. Mm-hmm. The president also had an incredibly powerful visit to uh, to Kentucky as well. Uh, this past year, that or past week, that's been totally overshadowed odyssey, yep. uh, by that, uh, totally sniffed out um, by that. So uh, the press cycle is everything what folks are tuned to. And again, just the 24 hour news uh, cycle What we're talking about right now on sound on. It's just totally engulfed uh, by yeah. Donald Trump.
1: What a time to be alive. Rightly is... So
7: I mean, this is what people are talking about.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. As Donald Trump said, another day in paradise, Rick. Uh, I want to be careful with this, but I feel like a responsibility to ask you both. There was an enormous amount of coughing in the speech today, more than we've heard from Joe Biden. And the White House has been asked about that. Uh, Do we chalk that up to COVID
3: or do we need to ask the press office again what's going on, Rick? You know, look, I mean, you know, there are, we monitor president's health by a minute. It's almost like we're all the vice president, right? What's our job? <laughs> hey, how are you feeling yeah. today? Uh, and so, um, you know, the reality is it's, it's a question that has to be answered. Uh, it was really apparent. It was unfortunate that he had mm-hmm. such an important event, uh, a happy event for him that he couldn't enjoy. He was obviously under a lot of strain you know, discomfort because of the coughing. But it is a result of uh, potentially COVID, and yeah. we know that 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 he's been battling that for the last week. I, I would say it does seem kind of interesting that some of the greatest victories of this presidency, you know, including winning the election itself, has all been done by being a shut in, right? I mean, he won the presidency <laughs> from his basement, and he got yeah. the best How week true. of his entire presidency while on COVID. So maybe they <laughs> ought to just keep him in the basement. <laughs>
1: Democrats lock him in the residence. Right. Kevin, what's your take on this? Are we being fair to ask this question?
7: Certainly you're being fair. And obviously right at the outset, um, Karine Jean-Pierre in in her press conference, I watched all of it today from uh, the White House podium, uh, Mm -hmm. fielded uh, the initial questions about uh, that coughing and and talked about uh, not just the president's uh, negative COVID diagnosis, but the long term effects of that. Uh, But now a use of inhaler, too, which I think Mm. uh, was news to me. Uh, And, and, uh, you know, I don't know if that was because of uh, COVID or, or exacerbated by COVID. Um, but certainly that's uh, something that that the the administration needs to be forthright about.
1: And they did say uh, that he's tested negative now. What, two days in a row? So they wouldn't have put him out. Three there. days, I think. Three, Three days. days okay. yeah. So you know, you know, we of course wish the best for him, but this is a concern. The health of the commander in chief is a really big deal. And when there's such a thing as long COVID and the risks that come with his age, uh, this is obviously very sensitive business. Rick and Kevin, I want to ask you about the midterms. That's the first question everybody asked me on TV today. You know, what does this mean for November? And the fact is, we, of course, don't know. But Rick, if Merrick Garland doesn't emerge and this kind of stays the same way right now, this is a huge boost for Donald Trump and his endorsed candidates. Right.
3: Well, um, it is. Am I overplaying that? Uh, I think you're overplaying it. I mean, uh, you know, we've seen Donald Trump come back from really horrific Um, uh, moments you know the excess hollywood uh, Mm -hmm. right before the elections in 16 and things like that Um, so he has staying power but um, you you really wonder what motivates his base i don't think that this will motivate his base any more than he's already motivated okay Uh, i don't really see this as anything that's going to have an electoral impact i mean the fact that it overshadows all the news is a negative for the Biden uh, campaign and what they're trying to accomplish with Congress, mm-hmm. because it just sucks all the oxygen out of the air, as Kevin was saying. Mm. I mean, like, you're really looking for an opening. I, I would say, if I were a Democratic strategist, I would say, we're never going to have an opening with this guy. We have just got to trudge through this stuff. You right. know, I, I, I'd i launch a infrastructure tour tomorrow if I thought <laughs> I had the time of the president, you know, just because you're just running okay. the clock down, and, well, and, yeah, and Donald sure Trump will like do that, that too. You. he'll inca- incapacitate you with all these crazy things that he can do on a moment's notice it's fascinating uh, to watch this in real time kevin how
1: worried are you about the fundraising that's taking place right now and and how damaging could it be from your side of the aisle for republicans to to take on the refrain defund the fbi
7: well it's an interesting point listen you know i i think you know coming out of quarter two what we saw just uh Blockbuster halls for the Democrats, Mm. uh, you know, that are that are headed into the fall now. You're not worried about a fundraising
1: advantage because of this.
7: I'm not. What I'm interested in is the amount of money that Donald Trump himself is raising off of this pulling resources from down ballot candidates in key Mm -hmm. Senate and and House races. I think that has actually more of an effect uh, than kind of galvanizing, you know, donors to, uh, you know, a down ballot congressional race in, Mm. in a heated district. I and think this, this is why you the don't opposite fact of, yeah, of galvanizing money just to Donald Trump, which is what he wants.
1: This is why you don't announce, though. Right, Rick, uh, you, you cut yourself off at the knees that that money. He can only access five grand limits the fundraising of five grand from the pack. Uh, he's going to drag
3: this out. Right. Yeah. there's no question that you do try to manage the magic words. I'm running for president uh, so that you don't get limited. But look, the reality is that his folks are going to manage that fund if he is not, if he's an announced candidate. It's not mm-hmm. like it's going anywhere and it's all going to be used to his benefit. So, the RNC is going to stop paying his legal bills, though. Uh, well, you know, Maybe I, you not. don't know that, right? <laughs> I mean, like, he's got such a grip on this party. I mean, there's there's no doubt that they'll probably, uh, Trump will probably expect it to be happening that way. So the the reality is it is a it is an important event when it happens, and I think mm-hmm. it has bigger Uh, impact on the field and the politics than it does on the money. He's going to be able to raise money for himself. But as Mm -hmm. Kevin says, that's just draining it from the rest of the party. The RNC is not raising that money for other candidates. He doesn't spend it on other candidates. And so – you know, uh, the reality is, I think one of the stories we're going to be talking about, regardless of the outcome of the elections, is how many Senate races the Democrats outspent Republicans on, how many governors races Democrats yeah. outspent governors on. I mean, like you're seeing that lining up now and you don't see the big fun- fundraising initiative that Donald Trump could do for those candidates.
1: Only have 30 seconds, Kevin. As a Democrat, are you begging for him to run?
7: Absolutely. I've been begging for him to run for the last three months. I think that's actually one of the few things that can help us along uh, with what we saw out of Kansas with the the, uh, the uh, yeah, row vote. Right. Uh, begging the Joe board. Biden to run? Begging Donald Trump to announce that he runs. Ah, see, I
1: almost got you in trouble. I don't want <laughs> anyone on this panel to have to apologize to the White House tomorrow. Kevin Walling, great to have you back. Thank you, Democratic strategist and, of course, uh, principal at HG Creative Media, Rick Davis, our pal, Bloomberg Politics contributor. Republican strategists with the reality check for us every day. Voices of experience here on the Fastest Hour in Politics. Yeah, Matt, take all the petty cash. This represents the last of the petty cash. I'll meet you back here tomorrow on the Fastest Hour in Politics. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg.
0: The countdown has begun from May 14th to 16th.